0: Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, A Pandemic in Bible Prophecy, Part 3. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note. We have had exceptional difficulty with our property. We had a very large pine tree drop a very large piece for the third time. We have spent about one year looking for someone who could take it down before such a thing could happen. However, many of the tree removal services have been flat out busy with work and will only remove trees that are threatening buildings and homes only. Even if the trees are close to buildings and dwellings, if they are deemed as unsafe, tree removal companies will not remove them because of how busy they are. So, I have been extremely busy this week with issues beyond my control. My apologies for any lacks in producing all that this podcast is about. God bless you all. Last week, April 18th, We studied part two of our look into a pandemic in Bible prophecy in chapter 7 of Exodus. Matthew Henry said, It was a righteous plague and justly sent upon the Egyptians, for Nile, the river of Egypt, was their idol. Today, we could ask this question, What idol is our coronavirus or COVID-19 possibly addressing? What do people today around the world idolize that could possibly be addressed by this present pandemic? What if it is simply money? The reason I ask that question is how this present pandemic has financially stressed many countries around the world. The global financial suffering around the world is very evident. This week, we continue to examine similar incidents of pandemics in the book of Exodus, seeking some insight into our own pandemic situation today. Yes, we have heard a lot about the present global pandemic. However, where are the answers we need beyond coping with a new and very different life? How do we move forward back to anything that resembles life before this dreaded pandemic occurred? Can scripture really help us? Let's keep digging to see what we can find. Before we go any further, let's first ask this question. Is there a difference between a plague and a pandemic? Or is it merely current word choosing of the period of time in what is called current society? Or whoever calls it today? Just in my lifetime alone, I have seen word meanings change and a few words get dropped in favor of different words to say the exact same thing. So, let's look at these two word meanings first. The older word, plague, means a highly infectious epidemic disease, especially one with a high rate of fatality pestilence, a widespread affliction or calamity seen as divine retribution, something that causes persistent hardship, trouble, or annoyance, and a widespread and usually highly contagious disease with a high fatality rate. from the Free Dictionary by Farlex again. That is the definition for the word plague, not pandemic. Yet, it very adequately describes our present world situation. Our word choice today, however, is pandemic, and it means widespread, general, from medicine, epidemic, over a wide geographic area and affecting a large proportion portion of the population, affecting persons over a wide geographical area extensively epidemic. Again, from the Free Dictionary by Farlex. So, even though the word plague is used in the Bible, our present-day word pandemic is just another word describing the same problem and issues of the time spoken of as either being in a plague or in a pandemic. Did you notice also that both word definitions use epidemic as a word meaning? So we can conclude effortlessly that either word is used to describe the same problem. This is how we can color what God's word says. We can see an epidemic, even a plague. As being different than a pandemic, when in fact we have just seen these three words speak of the same thing. Let me ask you again more directly did you notice that epidemic is used to give word meaning to both plague and pandemic? Clearly, we can see that using epidemic is not at all a softening of circumstances and neither is the use of plague. Endemic is just a more modern word of choice for what the Bible calls a plague. That may be a bit more than you may need, but I do want to be clear on this point. Now, Scripture reads, Seven full days passed after the Lord struck the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord, Release my people in order that they may serve me. But if you refuse to release them, then I am going to plague all your territory with frogs. The Nile will swarm with frogs, and they will come up and go into your house, in your bedroom, and on your bed, and into the houses of your servants and your people, and into your ovens and your kneading troughs. Frogs will come up against you, your people, and all your servants. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell Aaron, extend your hand with your staff over the rivers, over the canals, and over the ponds, and bring the frogs up from the land of Egypt. So Aaron extended his hand over the waters of Egypt, and frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. The magicians did the same with their secret arts and brought up frogs on the land of Egypt too. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Pray to the Lord that he may take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will release the people that they may sacrifice to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, You may have the honor over me. When shall I pray for you, your servants? and your people, for the frogs to be removed from you and your houses, so that they will be left only in the Nile. He said, Tomorrow. And Moses said, It will be as you say, so that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will depart from you, your houses, your servants, and your people. They will be left only in the Nile. Then Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried to the Lord because of the frogs that he had brought on Pharaoh. The Lord did as Moses asked. The frogs died out of the houses, the villages, and the fields. The Egyptians piled them in countless heaps, and the land stank. But then Pharaoh saw that there was relief. He hardened his heart and did not listen to them just as the Lord had predicted. Exodus chapter 7, verse 25, through chapter 8, verse 15. Again, we see that a stench arises from this second plague as it did from the first. I can't imagine, at best, one nasty stench right after another, if, in actuality, it really was one stench after another hopefully, not one on top of another as it has the means of sounding. Commentary helps us better understand this plague of frogs. It reads, Pharaoh is plagued with frogs. Their vast numbers made them sore plagues to the Egyptians. God could have plagued Egypt with lions or bears or wolves or with birds of prey, but he chose to do it by these despicable creatures. God, when he pleases, can arm the smallest parts of creation against us. He thereby humbled Pharaoh. They should neither eat, nor drink, nor sleep in quiet, but wherever they were, they should be troubled by the frogs. God's curse upon a man will pursue him wherever he goes and lie heavy upon him whatever he does. From Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible, Public Domain. Notice this comment from this commentary passage. God could have plagued Egypt with lions or bears or wolves or with birds of prey, but he chose to do it by these despicable creatures, referring to the frogs. So, we are not talking about the frogs of modern-day childhood fantasy. The frogs, as kids, we would catch, keep for a while in a glass container, and then release. This Egyptian plague of frogs is not that kind of friendly frog. As a kid who caught frogs, I did not find them, quote, despicable creatures, end quote. They were cool they provided a child's mind a challenge in the art of catching them. We could then see them up close and see things about them we could not otherwise see. So, it is important to note that these frogs, especially in the large numbers of them, were not that of a child's youthful fantasy. We just read how these frogs were in such numbers that they got into everything including cooking items and utensils. That is a bit disgusting even today. Maybe even more so by today's standards. Just so not good. Commentary made this relevant point also about God. God, when he pleases, can arm the smallest parts of the creation against us. He thereby humbled Pharaoh. So. At this point, which turns out to be brief, Pharaoh is finally humbled. This commentary comment is quite telling and profound even for us today. It reads, They should neither eat nor drink nor sleep in quiet, but wherever they were, they should be troubled by the frogs. God's curse upon a man will pursue him wherever he goes and lie heavy upon him whatever he does. That right there is the takeaway from this entire series thus far if you take away nothing else. Again, God's curse upon a man will pursue him wherever he goes and lie heavy upon him whatever he does. That alone should give us pause, and it should also make us think really hard. Maybe that's why some people run into hard times in one place, move, and then fall into hard times very quickly, again. While maybe not the actual cause, it is not without any reason to at least examine the issue nonetheless. It should be enough for us today to at least examine why some things in our lives continually go bad for us. We are learned. We have much experience in a certain thing. We see others also trained doing great things and yet we end up on the short end of the stick every time we try to work a thing that should work. It just continually does not work For us. Why? That one-word question is one with little if any answers without looking at Scripture to at least find another way of looking at our failure or failures of which we believe should be success, not failure. We may find more clarity and understanding in this commentary passage. The plague of frogs, or the second plague, also proceeded from the Nile and had its natural origin in the protridity of the slimy Nile water, whereby the marsh waters especially became filled with thousands of frogs. The small Nile frog appears in large numbers as soon as the waters recede. These frogs in Exodus chapter 8 verse 6 used collectively Became a penal miracle from the fact that they came out of the water in unparalleled numbers in consequence of the stretching out of Aaron's staff over the waters of the Nile, as had been foretold to the king, and that they not only penetrated into the houses and inner rooms, bedchamber, and crept into the domestic utensils, the beds, the ovens, and the kneading troughs, not the dough as Luther renders it, but even gut upon the men themselves, from Kyle and Delitz Bible Commentary on the Old Testament. Commentary said this became a penal miracle. That is not a contradiction of terms. In modern language, a Penal offense most always comes with a jail term. So this was a miracle of punishment. Not a miracle in the more positive light and sense we have clearly read of in the New Testament. This clearly was a punishment. This puts a stabbing into those who preach messages of only greatness, a wonderful life, profound and repeated blessing on God's people today. Not that God's people are never blessed, that is too removed from the truth. The reason we can see that as a falsehood is because God does not use such bold measures of getting man's attention until he has used softer, more guiding measures which have failed in getting us to change our position to a godly one. With that said, how does that play into these pandemic times in our modern day? What falsehoods do we espouse and tell others that sway them from God's blessed path? Who would ever think there is such a thing as a penal miracle? We have always been taught Leastwise, in my American church life, that miracles are only good events that bless God's people. Yet, we see here, there is such a thing as a penal miracle that produces negative results. Leastwise, in mankind's life. If God works all things for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, what does that say for us today? Is this present pandemic a penal miracle for modern mankind? Seriously, a punishment of miraculous levels? The word phrase, penal miracle, seems to be a contradiction unless it is the kind of thing that God works and works out in a miraculous way to its conclusion. Maybe that is the case here, but we are not that close to the end of things here in Exodus. We are only warming things up. Commentary tells us further, the king would never have applied to Moses and Aaron for help if his charmers could have charmed the plague away. Moreover, the fact that Pharaoh entreated them to intercede with Jehovah to take away the frogs and promised to let the people go, that they might sacrifice to Jehovah, Exodus chapter 8 verse 8, was a sign that he regarded the God of Israel as the author of the plague. To strengthen the impression made upon the king by this plague, with reference to the might of Jehovah. Moses said to him, Exodus chapter 8 verse 9, Glorify thyself over me when I shall entreat for thee, i.e., take the glory upon thyself of determining the time when I shall remove the plague through my intercession. The expression is elliptical and is to be supplied as in Judges, chapter 7, verse 2. To give Jehovah the glory, Moses placed himself below Pharaoh and left him to fix the time for the frogs to be removed through his intercession. From Kyle and Delich Biblical Commentary on the Old Testament. For clarity, Judges, chapter 7, verse 2, also reads, The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to hand Midian over to you. Israel might brag, Our own strength has delivered us. How many people say they have achieved a particular level of greatness in their productive work? How many people say they learned what they know, and that has attributed to their present achievement? Yet, Is it not with God's blessing upon our lives that we have the access and means to achieve those things we find our achievements in? A very interesting question, to say the least. Lastly, notice this. To give Jehovah the glory, Moses placed himself below Pharaoh and left him to fix the time for the frogs to be removed through his intercession. How many times have we placed ourselves below the person or persons we are witnessing to so they want to end the discomfort they are presently in? Life can be very discomforting and disquieting for a prolonged amount of time. Is it that way because we do not want to admit only God can be victorious in our present problem? Do we not want to, or fail somehow, in not wanting to bend to God in this pandemic? How many of you have prayed for God to lift this pandemic from us by any means He sees fit? These are questions we should not only all ask, but, see answers to, as well. Next week we will look at the next plague, gnats. This is getting ugly. If each plague occurs without any relief from the one or ones previous, this is going from bad to worse for the Egyptians. Regardless, could this speak to us today, in our pandemic situation, if this is? Only the beginning of things to come for us in our pandemic? Lay or download next week's episode, A Pandemic in Bible Prophecy, Part 4, from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation-free version. Also, please check our show notes for links to our website and other information you may want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, We truly hope you find God, as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. We are located at this internet address, unchurched.site 123.me At present, we are located on 22 podcast sites. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.